You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and we're going to be looking at a changed life from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's now just go straight into the message. I dare say many of us have had a life-changing experience at some point in our lives. Uh, maybe just last night your life was changed because you stayed up later than normal. Watching a football game or something, I don't know. But uh, maybe it was something else. Maybe, maybe your life was changed because of the death of a loved one. And it changed how you see life and it changes how you interact with others. Maybe you went through a terrifying experience that changed how you view people in general. I've run across people that when you get down to the root of it all, you find out they were, they were, someone someone did something to them, someone said something to them and... For some reason, they dwelled on that and their life changed and their people, their view of people in general has just changed. People are in the way. People aren't worth the time. Many of us have had life-changing experiences and one of the, I think one of the most, uh, um, I guess one of the most highlighted changes uh, I believe happened after 9-11 when we were kind of, we as the public were kind of opened up and uh, were able to look at the lives of our first responders. We've had an appreciation uh, for them uh, like never before since that time because we were able to see uh, see them in action in a way that we may have never seen them before. And many off- law officers uh, go through a change where they fail to have much faith in the common man. They constantly see people who are making bad decisions. And they see that sometimes their hearts are hardened to the fact that a change of direction can actually happen in the life of one who's made poor decisions because they see it all the time. Poor decision. Here's a person in jail. They get out, they make another poor decision, they wind up back in jail. And so there's this hardening sometimes that happens in the uh, hearts of police, police officers and where they get to a point where they look and think, there's just no hope, this is ridiculous, this world is full of horrible people. And there's a, there's a balance that needs to be uh, made there between, <laughs> between that, in, in that situation, a balance that needs to take place. The, the, there is hope. There's always hope in Christ. And a change can occur. And, I don't, and I'm not just picking on law officers. It's just because I've seen that. I've seen that happen. Uh, you can see it in teachers as well. Uh, you can see it as, as in the classroom when a, when, a, when a teacher gets a new class and a child comes in and she says, hmm, I heard about this kid from another teacher. Yeah, there's going to be trouble this year. Labeling them all, all, just labeling them ahead of time. Everyone ought to have a chance to prove who they are. 
but lives can be changed through the power of Jesus. Lives can be changed. This morning I want us to look at the power to change lives that the Holy Spirit has when He is allowed to direct a person's life. When He's allowed to do so, a change can take place like you would not believe. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we find this verse, and I want to ask if you are able and willing, if you would stand in honor of, reading, of the reading of God's Word. It is God's Word, and He does speak to us. So we stand in honor of what He has to say to us. The Bible tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. May God bless the reading of His Word. May He write it on our hearts today. You may be seated. I looked at this verse and I thought, oh my. You know, there's a lot in this verse. It's not that long, but there's a lot in this verse. The first part of it says, if any man be in Christ. If we're talking about a changed life, how can anyone be changed for the better in the way that God wants, except they be in Christ? They must be in Christ. In order for your life to be changed, you must be in Christ. Christ. What is Paul saying here? What is he getting at? He's speaking to a congregation that is troubled. Remember, this is a letter that he wrote to a church in Corinth. And there's Christians there having some difficulties. Good night. This is a congregation who had strayed from focusing on God to centering themselves on themselves. They, they centered themselves on themselves and in what was in opposition to what God wants. It is a congregation of Gentiles who had come to Christ, but they weren't steeped in higher learning. They, they were new at this. This was new for them. It was a congregation who found it difficult to hold high the torch of Christian morality in the midst of a corrupt society. So is this speaking to us today. I think this verse speaks to the church. I think this verse speaks to the church in this present time. Because this speaks to congregations who are finding it hard to hold high the torch of Christian morality in such a corrupt society. So what does Paul mean when he uses what does he mean when he uses this two-word summary of the Christian life? He says, in Christ. You must be in Christ. What does he mean? What is he getting at? First, let's look at what he does not mean. He is not talking about a person who can admit Christ was a man who lived on this earth. That's not what he's talking about. He's not referring to a person who has heard about Christ. He's not referring to a person who goes to church every Sunday and knows about Christ, who is educated in the ways of Christ, who, can say, who, who is an expert on the topic of Christ. I always find it interesting and curious when someone is labeled an expert on the subject of Jesus and they don't even walk with Jesus. 
They do not trust in him as Savior. Oh, but they can tell you every step he made, according to the Scriptures. They can tell you everything he did, according to the Scriptures. And you think, well, this man just knows everything about Jesus. But he doesn't know Jesus. He knows about Jesus. There is a difference. Paul is referring to a man who has believed on Christ as his Redeemer from the eternal punishment of sin. That's what Paul means when he says, in Christ. If a man, if any man be in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are a person who is believing on Christ as their Redeemer from the eternal punishment of sin. They are a person who believes that God has forgiven their sin. They are a person who is in Christ if he believes that as Redeemer, Christ holds his soul secure and safe. I'm trusting in Jesus as my Savior. I'm doing it today. I will continue to do it. I will continue to do that. But if I've trusted in him, my soul is safe. It is secure in Him. It is not going to be dropped by Him. He's not going to forget that He forgave us of our sin. He's not going to say, oh yeah, did I do... Oh, I'm sorry, let's do... You're going to have to do this again. No, if you have trusted in Christ for salvation, your soul is secure. This is the person Paul talks about when he says, a person who is in Christ person is in Christ if he or she is trusting in Christ as the sole guarantor of the believer's inheritance in heaven. Jesus only. Jesus only. No, it's not Jesus and, it's Jesus only. Trusting in him alone. Oh, it's not Jesus and the right clothes. Jesus and making sure that you do everything right and that you smile pretty and that you... It's Jesus, trusting in Christ. It's not trusting in legalism, it's trusting in Jesus that gets you to heaven. A person who is in Christ is a person who is trusting in Christ for direction in life. Is this a picture of you? Have you trusted in Christ to redeem, to buy you out of the punishment that comes with sin? Are you trusting in God to forgive you of your sin? Are you trusting in Christ to keep your soul secure so that when your time comes, you will go to heaven? Are you trusting in Christ for your everyday direction? Are you in Christ? That's the first question I ask you this morning. Are you in Christ? This is whom Paul is addressing. This is who he's writing to here. Those who are in Christ. Well, the next thing we see is that he is a new creature. Paul says that a person who is in Christ is a new creature. Notice he does not say here that a person in Christ is a person with a new outward appearance. It's not a person with a new outward appearance. He says this person is a new creature. Now, I want you to... uh, uh, my, My Greek professor used to say this. He said, screw up your attention. And we were, we were like, what? Of course, we'd never heard that before. And, and uh, Dr. Vaughn was uh, up in years. <laughs> but uh, w- boy, what a, what a powerful 
professor, but he he said, screw up your attention. So let's, let's, let's pay attention to this. When we hear the word new, we hear not old. I mean, that's kind of what we think of. It's new. It's not old. It's new. And, and boy, wow, can the uh, marketing teams of these companies, of these products, they can really get you. Look, it's new and improved. And sometimes just the color has changed. Oh, but it's new and improved. Well, maybe what it's made out of is a little bit stronger. But it's new, and we like new, and we think, oh, it's not old, it's new. But this word Paul uses here more, means more than just simply not old, okay? He says you're a new creature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. Well, it's not old. I'm not old. I'm an old creature. I'm a new creature. Well, that makes sense. But Paul means more than this. When Paul uses the word here, he use, the word he uses means new in a sense that what is old has become obsolete. It's not that it's old. I mean, it still works. And no, he means what was has become obsolete. It does not work. It is no good. It is no longer of use. You are a new creature. In Christ, you are a new creature. All the things that you used to do, those are not any good anymore. We don't need to be participating in those things. Those are not worthy of our time. They're obsolete. It, it's, it means, the, the word means, what is old has become obsolete and should be replaced by what is new. Now, you, you remember in, in the original languages, or in, in these languages, even languages today, one word can mean four in the English language. <laughs> I mean, it's like a whole phrase. So this one word means what is old has become obsolete and should be replaced by what is new. And Paul just used the Greek word for new. But this specific Greek word, and that's what it means. This new, as a rule, is superior in kind to the old. So when a person accepts Christ, when they are in Christ, they are superior in nature to what they were. Okay? So the nature, who they are, is a lot, is superior. It's a lot better. It is superior to what their old nature was. Their old sinful nature. Oh, it's a new nature now. You are a new creature. What they are in Christ has replaced what they were without Christ. Paul says a believer is a new creature. A believer is not simply a person who has been given a makeover. He is a person who thinks and lives differently. He is new. He's new. He's different. There's a change that has occurred. A person is no longer the same. No longer the same because Jesus has touched him. I've often said that it's as if God gives us a new pair of glasses with which to view and interact with the world. And in fact, the recent way of putting that is a biblical worldview. You may have heard that phrase, biblical worldview. When you become a new creature in Christ, what you believe becomes the driving force behind every emotion Decision and action. Do not hear me wrong. I'm not, I'm not propagating uh, for you to be some kind of holy roller 
I am I'm trying to help you and me to understand this is serious business if we are going to be in Christ. This is serious business. It doesn't mean that every word that comes out of your mouth has to be scripture. It means that you are following Jesus and that your life is not the way it used to be. It's when people look at you, they see you as being different than you used to be. It's, they don't look at you and say, well, you know, they said they were different. They go to church now a lot more. I, I, I want to say there's something different, but the way they behave is not changed. No, if you have been, if you are in Christ, if you have been changed by God, then there is a change that happens in your life. And you are not the same. And you are different. And you think differently. You're, look, the kindness of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the mercy of God, all of that is inside of you now. And you have that. Oh my goodness, well, we're, well, Brother Craig, I still get real impatient. That game last night almost drove me up the wall. Yeah, me too. My goodness, I had to keep reminding myself, it's just a game. It's a game. God is not going to ask me, hey, did you watch that game when I get to heaven? He's not going to ask me that. He's not really going to care. I mean, I'm not going to care either. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm here. Oh, and I'm just going to fall. I feel, I feel my legs are going to get weak. I'm just going to fall on the ground. Cloud, whatever, the ground. <laughs> what heaven describes as the streets of glory. I, I'm just going to fall. I'm going to be, oh my goodness. But the Bible teaches us that we're changed. Our view of life, our response to every area of life, from philosophy to science, theology, anthropology to economics, law, politics, art, the social order of things, everything is changed when we're in Christ. We see it all differently. We see it the way God wants us to see it. We come at things from a different point of view, a biblical point of view, a biblical point of view. We read our Bibles, we learn what God wants, we see what God wants, we begin to see and understand how He wants us to live, and we begin living that way, and we live differently than everyone else on the face of the planet. Oh, Brother Craig, I found some nice people. Yeah, they're nice people. Just because they're nice doesn't mean they're going to heaven when they die. Well, yeah, they're nice and kind. There are some people out there, yes. But you and I are a new creature in Christ if we are in Christ. So I ask you this morning, are you a new creature? Are you a new creature? The next thing, it says old things are passed away. Old, the old things passed away. Old things are passed away. Hmm, Paul says, what, what does he mean by this? He's, he's writing about the way a believer used to live. Before accepting Christ. What are the old things that Paul writes about here? They are the old values that you held and that, that ran your life. The old values. Look, there's a, there's a ton of cliches out there. And people use them. And people believe them. And, and, and let me just share one with you. God's not going to put anything on you more than you can handle. Have you just been able to handle everything that you faced in your life without help from Him? God's not going to put anything on you more than you can handle. 
Wow, if you've been able to handle every single area of your life without the help of God, I'm going to question who you are because you're not human. You're not a human being. If, if, if you could handle everything, all the, the emotional stress that comes in life, if you can handle everything that comes your way without the help of God, boy, you, you, you're not human. Because I see, the way I see, the way I read the Bible, and again, this is me, I think God almost always puts a lot on us that we can't handle. I run across stuff all the time that God puts on me. And I think, I can't do this. And where do I go? What happens? What happens? You go to God. Interesting. We have a heavenly Father who loves us. And what does He want with us? A relationship with us. Hmm. He allows some things to happen in our lives and we panic and what do we do? We go to Him. Hmm, isn't that interesting? God wants that relationship. He wants us to know that we can depend on Him no matter what comes our way. And so when things come our way, we can't handle it, we go to Him. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that amazing how that works out? From a God who wants to have a relationship with us to us going through this tough time, figuring, trying to figure it out on our own. We don't know what to do, which way to turn, who to call, what to look up on Google. We don't know what to do. And yet God says, I'm right here. When you come to me, we're going to work this out. And I love you and I'm waiting on you. And that's the God I serve. The God that loves me. The God that is there for me. These old priorities that we had, that, 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 that we let schedule our day. Yeah, I mean, we, we, oh, we schedule up our day so much that we just don't have time to do anything. We, we, sometimes we get so scheduled that we can't help somebody who's in, time of, in a time of need. Now, something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with it. Oh, I've got so much stuff to do today. I've got this big old list. I've got to get all through it. I have to do it today. I can't get it. None of this can wait. Really? Really? Well, I know that person's hungry. I, I, I know that person has a, a tire. They're trying to change their tire. And it looks like they're having a lot of difficulty. Bless them. And we move on. What is that? We have priorities that have scheduled our day. We, there, there are beliefs that we had, uh, the, some things that we loved, plans we had. But all of these things pass away once you have purpose in this life from God. Evil and sin are still here, but your view of them is totally different than it was before Christ came into your heart. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, wrote, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We're to allow God to reform our minds, to separate us from the past way of living, to separate us out from that. Using people for our own gain may have, may have been how we used to live, but that needs to pass away. People matter to God. They're not stepping stones. Doing what we wanted to do to get ahead in life, even if it hurt others, that needs to pass away. That's not who we are. We're a new creature. Let me ask you, have the old things passed away in your life? Have some of the old things, have you, have you held on to some of your old habits, some old things, and br- tried to bring them along in your Christian life? 
Are there some things you really need to let go of? Only you know if there are. Only you know if there are. The last thing. The Bible tells us all things have become new. All things have become new? What does this mean? Does it mean that once Jesus comes into your heart, you get new clothes, a new house, and a new car? Wow, let me accept Jesus again. (laughs) That's cool. Oh, wow. No, Paul is speaking of the constant newness of perspective that we experience when we are in Christ. We truly see this world from a different perspective once we become in Christ. With a new purpose in life, a believer now lives with a desire to please God. Oh, there's new desires that come when Christ comes into your heart. Then there's a desire to please Him. The pointer, the compass of a person's life no longer points to himself, but it points to God. Things are different. Do you still long for the old way of living before you met Christ? Do you still long for the old things? Then it's highly possible that you are not a new creature. Because if you're a new creature in Christ, then your desires are not for the old, but for the new. Sometimes we get mixed up. We think, oh, well, I just want this. It's not, sometimes it's not a desire for the old. Sometimes it's just, well, we're just really comfortable. And as Americans, we like to be comfortable. And so we wind up going backwards. I mean, we, not, we may not desire. I'm giving, look, I'm helping you here. Um, we don't, may not have a desire for the old sinful ways, but they're so comfortable and it's so easy to kind of get around in those because they were such a part of our lives before Christ that we just kind of tend to slip back in those. We kind of place ourselves back in that area where God doesn't want us. If you're a new creature in Christ, you have new desires. There are new views of God and Jesus. There are new views of this world and of the world to come. There are new views of what is true. There's a new sense of duty. Everything that is seen is seen from God's point of view. If we will allow God to look through our eyes and to show us what's out there, we'll begin to see what He sees. When this occurs, God is in the process of making the believer like Christ. Some people think you have to be cleaned up and sinless before you can give your life to God. I used to think that was crazy. I used to think that that was not true, that actually people believe that. I thought, no, people don't believe that. Until I met someone one time who said, well, I just not, I've just got a lot of sin in my life, preacher. I, until I get that handled, I can't, I can't come to Christ. And I thought, What? So do you really, I just really wanted to ask that person, do you really believe that everybody that walks in the doors of this church walks in sinless? Wow, we're here because we still struggle. We're not here because we've made it and we sin no more at all, ever, in our thought or deed. No, This is a hospital for sinners. This church is a place we come to get closer to God so that God, we can worship Him and so that He can speak to our hearts and so that we can learn from Him and so that we can grow in Him. We're here because we need God, not because we've made it, we've arrived, and we've just got it all together. When this occurs, when we, come, we become in Christ, 
God will take care of us. He will take care of our sin if we give our entire self to Him. As He works on you, He will help you to see that legalistic judgments of others is wrong. So wrong. He will give you a new view on racism. He will help you to see everyone as a person in need of the forgiveness of Christ. He will help you see that gossip is not to be a part of a believer's life. Oh my. He will help you to see that not everyone else's business is yours. Whoops. (laughs) Oops. Well, I just wanted to know. Have you ever seen... Have you ever been on the highway and an accident happens on the, on the side? Okay, listen. It's, it, okay, it may just be a car that has been pulled over by a policeman. I've been on a major highway. Cars over the side, man. And you would not believe everybody. It's a two-lane highway. It's a four-lane. Four-lane highway and the two lanes going north, two lanes going south. You're moving along and everybody starts slowing down. Oh, oh, whatever. What do you, what do you, you know, and they're all, as they say, rubbernecking, you know. Oh, what, what happened? What, what, oh, what is he? Oh, he's got his trunk open. Oh, I bet you I know what that is. It is unbelievable. And everybody's slowing down. And I'm thinking, my goodness, really? Move along. Policeman didn't say he had to slow down. I mean, he's got his little lights on, and maybe that does mean. Maybe, maybe I need to get some help with that. Uh, and I do slow down. Hello. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I don't want anybody to run out and, you know. But, every, I mean, we're talking 35, moving along, looking, what is going on? What's happening there? And we get so interested in, in, in somebody we don't even know. <laughs> we want to know what happened. Oh, I don't know how he stopped him. I just automatically assume, he was speeding, let's move. Come on, let's go. I just automatically figure if they're pulling him over, he was moving too fast, you know. I just move along. But, my goodness, it's amazing how interested we are and sometimes in other people's business. Truly, a new mind and a new heart come from being in Christ. It's as if the believer is experiencing a whole new world, and he is. Truly, things have become, all things have become new to the believer. All things have become new to a believer. It's like a whole new world. Wow! Jesus saved me. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I've accepted him as my Savior and Lord. He forgave me of my sin. I'm walking with him. I'm allowing him to lead my life, guide my life. Boy, and you look out at the world and don't let it discourage you. Let it look at it as an opportunity. There are others out in this world who need to know what you have. They need to know that they can have their sins forgiven. They need to know that they can have peace with God Himself. They need to know it. So when you look out and you see, oh, these people, oh, there's people here, there's people there, there's people everywhere. They need to know who Jesus is. Let that propel you. Let that motivate you. Let that make you get up and go and share the good news. Oh, my goodness, it's exciting. If you're in Christ... You're a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you've, maybe you've not made that decision. Maybe you're not in Christ. Maybe you've not said, you know what? I want Jesus in my heart. I want to be forgiven of all of my sin. Look, God can do it and He said He would 
if you will call on His name. God wants to do that. I see a God who wants to forgive us, waiting for us to ask. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for us to come to Him. If the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, you're thinking this morning, I need to do this. If there's something inside of you saying, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need Him in control of my life. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit, helping you to know that God is calling. He's calling. He's calling today. Maybe today you'd like to make that decision to follow Christ. Maybe today you'd like to give your heart to Him. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to have you along on this podcast, uh, the preaching ministry of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. If you're ever in town, we'd love to meet up with you. We're located at 502 Highland Street. That's 502 Highland Street in Winsboro, Louisiana. Remember, you matter to God and to us.